Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bradley had an observation on the youth <laughs> of this great world over the weekend. Get off my lawn intro. We should have used that for this. Get off Bradley's yeah. lawn. You're never alone. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer. When you approach 40 and beyond, you find yourself shaking your fist in the air for no good reason. Uh, and not because you're at a like <laughs> rave or something. Also, <laughs> I don't nobody think goes rave to raves anymore. anymore. Those aren't a thing. No, it's not the 90s. Uh, I'm going to shake my fist in the air like I just don't care. But you actually because do. Mm-hmm. I do. This uh, Friday, you'll remember we talked about a wonderful show that was coming to town where a drag queen was doing her own one-woman Golden Girls show. Mm-hmm. And I went on Friday, and I think the Generation Z might be more annoying than Generation... No, uh, the Millennials. Mm-hmm. The Millennial Generation. I don't know how much experience you have with the Generation Z. I don't even know if that's the appropriate term. We're talking like early 20-somethings. Okay. So we're at this show, and I realized like they don't know how to sit still. They don't know how to sit still, and they don't know how to shut up. And by that, I mean it's. <laughs> are we just being I real? Hope you said that. Sit still and shut up. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, do you want me to pussyfoot around? No, I want, want you to go all in on this. So, and it wasn't everybody. I'm not trying to paint an entire generation, although I am because mm-hmm. that's what we do. But so I'm sitting there, and there was there was this group of like early twenty somethings, and they were talking the entire show. Throughout the entire show, and not like I didn't like want to be rude because first of all, Jamie was there, and he does. You know, like I try to be respectful. I don't need to make a scene. Um, but they were. It wasn't just the group next to me was the most obnoxious. But I looked around, and then I just became sort of like, you know, fixated on what was actually going on, and I was amazed at the number of people who were being disrespectful. I I judged as disrespectful to the performer who has gone so far as to write. And perform a show yep. for an audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To talk during that. And I was just like, what? I am so confused. And then you had all these other competing people, which I don't know. There were like um, young people dressed up. It was a Golden Girls show, right? Uh And it was kicking off Golden Girls weekend. So like I get there are going to be people dressing as Golden Girls, right? But there were people that were like, you know, um, just like over the top dancing yelling out like trying to get the attention of everyone in the audience and this is where i feel like an old man i'm like 
I am not there to get attention. I am there to watch mm-hmm. the performer. So like my way of like connecting with the performer is sitting and watching. Whereas this group of young people, and I went to the early show that was like the family show. Uh-huh. There were people eating like like taters hots and cheeseburgers. We are in a, it is not a theater to be fair. It was a bar that was like also a nightclub downtown. I can say the name, right? I, yeah, I mean, the, I think people could look it up. The poor it, house. Yeah. There, it's nothing about the venue, but like it's a place where they don't have theater performances. Right. This is not the Orpheum. Right. I get it, right. right? People are drinking, cocktailing. But there are people eating full-on meals, and it's like not a in, dinner theater. Like in their lap? Yes, like okay. a plate of food in their lap with tater tots, and to the point that the performer at one time was like, oh, those tater tots look good. And I'm like, <laughs> biatch. If I come on stage at some point in my life, if I am so lucky to perform on stage in front of you, your ass better not be no tater tots. Okay. (laughs) Or at least share. So what, so like, I don't know if that's a generational thing, but it really just seemed like to me, wow, way to play into a stereotype. Because the stereotype I have is that this generation can't sit still. They can't remain focused. And I am not one to talk because I am a very unfocused person. But when it comes to sitting, you know, and watching a performance, I feel like the least you could do is shut your trap for 30, 45 to an hour to just watch somebody else do their well, thing. And to, I, and if I may just extrapolate one final thing that I heard from what you said, it's not even just the not the inability to sit down and shut your mouths. It's also sort of the look at me type of yeah. behavior yeah. with the over the top dressing and the just kind of like. Well, in like yelling out the lines, like, again, it's the Golden Girls. I know we all love the Golden Girls. I was singing along to the songs. There were parts where we were kind of doing group Mm sing-alongs. But when the performer's on stage, you don't need to do the lines for her. Mm -hmm. She knows the lines. Yeah, let her her do it. It's not an audience participation experience. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you say that, like, I, I think about what it's like to watch television with my kids now. And my husband and I have both remarked about this. When we were growing up and we watched television, and the reason I'm bringing up television is because um, because the person who you were seeing is somebody that people know from television. Um, because, yeah, Alaska, she's on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of think when somebody comes out of your TV and like into into the real realm in front of you, you might behave like you do when you're watching them on television a little bit. Now, at my house, when I was growing up, we watched television passively. You sat yeah. there and put your eyeballs on the television and you watched the show. And then maybe in a commercial break or after the show, you'd have a conversation about what you just watched. Not these kids these days. No, they talk the entire time. My children are literally not able to watch the television without talking, without talking, oh without God, making comments nuts. on everything that's happening. And some of that I think they get from like YouTube a little bit because I, they feel engaged to that in some different way or because they watch it on. Or nobody their has device. told them to shut well, the no, bleep. Believe me. <laughs> believe me. We have told them to shut the bleep up. Yeah, that's, it's, it's easy kindly. for me to say because I don't have kids. But, right. Yeah. But it is interesting to me, again, like that there's almost like no line anymore between people's living well, room and wherever they are in public. And here's where I'm going to bend over backwards. I saw some phone lines glittering. Were people calling about this particular issue? Or? Uh, kind 
kind of, but sharing experiences of people having their phones out yeah. in public spaces, specifically the I, phone. And mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. Let me, and this is where I was going to say, I'm going to bend over backwards to, you know, like not make this a generational thing. Cause I think that sometimes is too easy. I'm not talking about, you know, like I get that this was not a theater performance, right? This was a different thing. So my expectations were not for that. Mm-hmm. My expectations were, this is going to be loud, boisterous, raucous. We're all having a great time. I, I expected that. I was mm-hmm. not expecting a pin drop, right? You know, as we're all hanging on every word of this particular performer. I am talking about people jumping up and down constantly in and out of their seats. Like going and you know, I get you're going to get a drink once in a while, but this was like constant and and they were talking at conversational level and then they would turn to the stage every once in a while laugh and say things like oh she's so funny and then go back to their conversations that they were having while they're taking photographs and selfies and all of that stuff it was just like the most distracting and again How bizarre. i'm easily distracted but like Jamie and i just kept looking at each other like what did we what planet have we landed on? Well, it probably I mean, it makes it impossible to pay attention to what's happening in front of you when there's too much commotion all around you. Yeah, I think it's that I really honestly think it's that culture of like every single person wants to be the center of attention now. Mm-hmm. Like your children are in cult or have been cult cultured and culturated mm-hmm. uh, taught mm-hmm. to want attention at all times for what I'm not sure just for the sake of attention yeah. I think well yeah and again I'll go back to like the YouTubeization of the children that's one of the reasons why because they see that as like that person has built a career on just being on camera and putting it on the internet they can yeah. anybody can do that yeah Right. So when you get the impression that anybody can be the center of it, everybody's trying to go viral. Everybody's trying to be the person who gets all the attention in the room. But for what? I don't know. Right. Again, I think that there is an equation of like validation with that. Like you aren't something unless you've been liked this many times and or follow yes it's true it's unfortunate but it's true when when i was a kid we used to be told not everybody has to like you Mm -hmm. and if people are following you that's creepy Mm -hmm. get off bradley's get off my lawn when we come back on the colleen and bradley show i need to have a heart to heart with the game of thrones fans um i am not a psychic i do not have a crystal ball but i'm going to tell you what's going to happen come next monday when it's all over. Oh, okay. No spoilers, because I don't even know what's going on on the show. They died. It's a life spoiler. I'm going to tell you what your mood is going to be next Monday. After this, on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 107. All right, so I'm not a psychic. I do not have a crystal ball. I cannot see into the future. However, I have a pretty good idea of what next Monday is going to be like after the finale of Game of Thrones. Oh gosh, it's finally going to be over. Oof. Right? This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. It's going to be a sad day for those kids. Their okay. show's over. So we have oh. to admit on this show, none of us watch Game of Thrones. We do not keep up with it. We don't know, I don't know who's winning the game. I don't really no, know. but I mean, I feel like, you know, it's a lot of dragons and blowing stuff up and fires and, and death, death and like sex. Yeah. All of that yeah. happening. Good for we them. We know a little bit. Good for them. But, okay. 
I saw this headline today and I thought, I am not surprised by this in the least. Okay. And I know what's going to happen next week. What's the headline? The headline is Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5 Review. Marches towards the finale like a lame duck. Oh. Okay. And I thought to myself, if this is the penultimate episode, right, that just aired last night, isn't that correct? That this is... Yeah, I don't know. You said the finale is next week. Well, so somebody told so. me that yesterday, and then I didn't think to double check it. But <laughs> who cares? I don't care when it ends. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen when it ends. Okay. The Monday, the morning after the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it'll be next weekend. Okay. So next Monday, everybody who watched that finale is going to be angry. It's going to be an ugly day. In our country. What makes you say that? Because nobody ever is happy with a finale. Well, it that's true. It never delivers. That is very true. It never delivers. And I also have some solid evidence that all of the people involved in the making of Game of Thrones are getting lazy. They are phoning it in. They have the senior slump or senioritis or whatever you call it when you get toward the end of a project. Well, I will say I've seen a lot of like people unhappy with particular episodes. I always marvel at that behavior too in general when it comes to TV shows. You know, uh, that usually when that happens, I, I don't know, it, it's, well, I'm twisted, tongue twisted because I've had that feeling before about shows and I think sometimes it's because if you love something a lot and it makes a bad choice, you get really angry about it. Like you would if really it was emotional. a friend in your life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of that is natural and I think part of it is the process of saying goodbye. But honestly, I'm just like, you guys, this isn't going to deliver for anybody. It's going to be you're going to wake up on Monday morning and you're going to go to work and you're going to talk to your friends and you're going to be like, it was terrible. I hated it. I can't believe they ended it like this. Can you believe what they, nobody's going to be like, that was a perfectly satisfying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of a finale that I actually enjoyed because usually you just end up having so many questions. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be good, but I will tell you this again, solid evidence that the makers of Game of Thrones are just phoning it in. It started with the uh, coffee cup last week. Remember? Oh God, yeah, which I think was still fake, but whatever. I agree with you, but fine. The coffee cup was sitting in there. Now, Donnie just came in. A weird timing in the break and was like, you guys watch Game of Thrones? I'm like, no, you know that. We talk about it all the time I that we don't watch it, when but whatever. Said, the way you said it made me think he thinks you actually do, but go okay, ahead. Okay, so he oh, handed me heart. this hot, hot off the press, this story. Game of Thrones, another oopsie. I don't know who this person is, but Jamie's hand grows back in promo image. Okay, apparently... Is that a spoiler? Did you spoil something? I don't think so. It's a promo image, so we're all going to see it, I, I guess. So there's a, a hand missing of somebody's. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's a spoiler. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I don't watch the show. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, there's a hand missing. Let's see. But there's a hand that shows up again in another shot. So clearly in editing, they're like phoning it in. No big deal. Do you is see that, his oh, hand? Is that person not supposed to He's have that? He's not supposed a hand? to have that hand. Oh. But he has that hand. Okay. Whoever's making the final edits on Game of Thrones these days is falling also, asleep at just, the wheel. Can we just point out, see, this is where we can play like a healing, helpful resource. Here we are to when heal and help you. People are so obsessed and into something. Sometimes they are blinded by, you know, sort of the ludicrousity. It's true. That's a word. Yes. Ludicrousity. Ludocracy. Mm-hmm. Ludobsocracy. Mm-hmm. That's a scary place. Mm-hmm. Um, of being in the moment where you're so like in it. And we're over here like, you guys, I mean, I get it because mm-hmm. we've all been there. Yes. But I just want to remind you that there's life out that there. it is a show. And when you come up for air next week, just know that we're here and we love you mm-hmm. and we'll support you, mm-hmm. but only so much because if I have to hear about it, for an entire day, it's going to get a little uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you right now, next Monday, you guys, we're going to need to find a soundproof room to be in. Because well, I think gonna we're going to need so to have much... special programming, frankly. That's true. We should create a safe space. But there's going to be so much bitching around here. It's going to be insane. Oh, I can already hear I'm social media you. people. Oh, it's going to be awful. Like running so, around like, did you see what they didn't do? So if you are not a watcher of Game of Thrones, you need to either be ready to counsel people or, or get the get heck out of town. Out of town okay. Because that's what next Monday is going to be like. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We're going to tell you about them after this. We've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, And we call those celebrities behaving badly. D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? Who? Oh, IHOP. IHOP? What did IHOP ever do to you? Well, Except for make amazing pancakes. So here's the thing. Um, IHOP tried to get on the like super cute social media game. Okay. Like a lot of brands do, like a yeah. lot of restaurants do. Uh, and they sent out a tweet for Mother's Day. Okay. Honoring mothers. And uh, the tweet said, if you have pancakes in your tum-tum, does that make you a pancake mum-mum? Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Okay. Okay. There was an accompanying picture, and that's what re- where it all really went wrong. The picture was what have appeared to be was of what appeared to be like a sonogram picture. Okay. Like you would use, you know, for Oh, and they put pancakes in the sonogram? Yeah. Oh, a s- tall stack of pancakes. That's kind of funny. No? Oh, sorry. Okay. Why isn't that funny? Tell me why. Okay. Well, able- okay. Let me ask you this, Bradley. Okay. 
at what point in my life have pancakes ever passed through my uterus? Yeah. That's Never. a fair point. Never. That's a fair point. Um, and the problem is that that's dumb. And also the other problem is... <laughs> the problem is that's dumb. I mean, really. Okay, so... I mean, I get what they were doing. I will say you're absolutely right. From a physiological standpoint, I have really dropped the ball there. <laughs> it's dumb on all levels. First of all, if you have pancakes in your tum-tum, does that make you a pancake mum-mum? I mean, that's dumb. Dumb. First of all, I see what you did there. Second of all, perpetuating the myth that babies grow in your actual stomach. Yeah, no, that's that's horrible. Also, Holly, we had a good long spirited discussion about this at lunch. Do, is there anything I'm missing? Mm. At what point would uh, you actually have an entire stack unmasticated in any part of your body? <laughs> Thank you. It's so stupid. And let me tell you what. Twitter does not suffer fools lightly. So no, they, that's for sure. they were on it. Uh, Did they respond? Because no doubt they responded no. with some joke. Like, No. But here was our favorite one, though, by the way. Oh, no, I won't do it. Uh, what were you going to say, Holly? That this is dumb, dumb. It's just dumb, it's dumb. It's just dumb, dumb. It's a social media account being too cute. But Somebody not, responded, but so though, dumb. life starts at consumption. That's the one that that's I was going to say, actually. Yeah, that's, that, that's the A-plus That response. one's the A-plus yeah. response. Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Just, dumb. Uh, so dumb. But you know what? Your, your pancakes, pancakes are good. Man. For real. But I don't want them in my uterus because there's only one way they're getting in there and it's not through my mouth. <laughs> Yep. That I'm would be just awkward. saying that's the that truth. Also, it doesn't look like a stack of pancakes. No, it doesn't. You have to look carefully. I mean, it's a terrible Photoshop yeah. job also. So I when, I when you said this, I just imagined like a sonogram with like somebody Photoshopped a big stack of pancakes. They tried to get all like as if there really were a stack of pancakes yes. in your uterus. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Clearly a man made that post. Okay, funny you should say that because I said that, but I didn't want to say it because, you know, it doesn't sound right, but it's true. Yeah. It's a man who doesn't understand physiology and yeah. who's... Or someone who's never been pregnant who, who doesn't know their own body. You, but you don't have to be pregnant to know that there is yeah. not, that that's but not how that goes. But sometimes those people that are just like a little clueless about the way things work. Oh, trust me. We had that conversation many, at lunch okay. as well. All right. Moving on. I am so excited to tell you about this story. Okay. Who's your D-bag? Kim Kardashian. Oh, really? Again! For what? For something we've already taken her to task for. Wearing a corset. Oh, the corset, yes. Because I saw this article, but this is a multi-layered D-bag. So, um, it's a stack of D-bags, if you uh, will. Is it in a uterus? In the hot uterus of... No, sorry. I'm not going to talk about a hot uterus. <laughs> he is. A hot stack of pancakes in my uterus. Uh, it's basically what the story is. It's from a place called The Cheat Sheet. Okay. Now, The Cheat Sheet has run afoul of our D-bag category before. Yeah. Has it not? Yes. Because they're kind of the, I don't know, cheap sheet, mm-hmm. shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the hot... I don't even want to make... Uh, jokes about that word because it'll just sound bad. Um, so Kim Kardashian wore a corset to the Met Gala. Yep. We shamed her for that because we said, kind of apropos of your last conversation, um, that's not appropriate for women's bodies. No. Specifically her tum-tum. Stack yeah, of yeah, pancakes in your uterus. No. It. Corset around your woman's body. 
No. And your men's body, for that matter. Well, now, most recently, the cheat sheet has the details on how she was able to breathe during this experience. Did they have to put a tube in her? No. Well, first of all, they start this. I, I want you to listen to these words. Everyone says beauty is pain. And Kim Kardashian West just showed that to be true. Okay. First no. of all. No, everyone says beauty is pain. No, actually, I don't think everyone says if that. If beauty is pain, stop beauty, <laughs> right? Like, you should not be painting. Sometimes it is uncomfortable, I'll be honest. But that's not beauty. That is men's expectations of what women should look like. Okay. That is yes. painful, right? Yes. What, what do you... No, you're, that's an appropriate assessment. Yeah. Absolutely. So specifically, we're talking about the corset. So then they go on to talk about how Kim Kardashian wore a corset and how it all came together and how there was all this planning. And at the end of the day, a corset is shoving her innards into different places. We're not just talking about shapewear, by the way. We're talking yeah. about an extreme corset experience that allowed her to have a waist that is not natural to her body. That is re- That requires a team of people to cinch her. Yeah. So then they talk about how she was able to do this and that she got, quote, corset breathing lessons from none other than Mr. Pearl. Okay, no. So Mr. Pearl. Do you know who Mr. Pearl is? No. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to go to the Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day segment on our show grid. Okay. Underneath Kim again, there's a link. And then there's another Google image search link that I would like you to click on. And you will see a picture of Mr. Pearl. Wow. Now, I was reading a little bit about Mr. Pearl because I was like, I need to understand who this Mr. Pearl character is and why he was teaching uh, Kim Kardashian breathing lessons. Well, the story is about, you know, that she has to breathe in a certain way because, of course, her body has been disformed or disfigured such that she can't operate her body as it was intended to operate. So she had to figure that out. Well, the person that taught her this is a very interesting figure. Specifically, figure. Yes. Can you describe for me what Mr. Pearl looks like? Mr. Pearl wears corsets, apparently. He's a noted a corset living. maker from the late 20th and early 21st century. He is. I mean, I can't. How do you. He looks like an hourglass, but literally like, like an actual hourglass. Like nothing's passing through the center of that, but a couple grains of sand. Like his spine maybe it's so buzz- that is frightening how does that even happen so this is the person oh my gosh that is corseting her so i want you you know i want someone to tell me that that's acceptable behavior it's not that is horrible yeah. and i feel a little bit nauseous now i put a link because i i found this this morning and i completely forgot about it until you started to talk about kim's corseting yeah holly i put it above the kim again story um, and there is audio in it at some point but there is a like I think from what I can tell it's the equivalent of like entertainment tonight type programming like a news magazine studio 10 uh, Sarah Harris who's one of the hosts of this particular thing uh, in the UK she tries quote the corset challenge the Kim Kardashian corset challenge can we just stop this right here and now? That should not be a thing. Oh, gosh. So yeah, if of you are even considering that, the Kim Kardashian corset cha- challenge. No, and again, just to be clear, do. 
This is not like, so for those of you who are like, oh God, you guys are being foul, you know, whatever. No, this is not just like I'm doing shapewear and I, for reasons that are far too complicated to explain, mm-hmm. have worn a corset yes. in my past. Um, it's not really that complicated, but I've done drag. So I've had a corset on because men, I don't know if you know this, don't have generally speaking feminine mm-hmm. quote unquote shaped bodies. So corsets can help. That is not what we're talking about. No. The thing that she, that Kim Kardashian has put on is so intrusive to your body in it's, a way that is, I would imagine medically over a long term harmful. Yes. So this gal gets into a corset, has an assistant cinching her tighter and tighter. Um, she went from 33 inches around her waist to 26 inches and said she could not breathe, couldn't sit down. Um, she said, I'm struggling to breathe, to be honest. I don't even think I could sit in this. At one point while she's having it tightened, she said, oh my gosh, I think you're squishing my pancreas. <laughs> I mean, this is what's happening yeah. to your internal and- organs when somebody's trying to cinch you like that. And the frustrating thing, and the reason I made, you know, Kim and this cheat sheet business my D-bag is because the thing that's frustrating about this is it's like normalizing it in a way that's like, oh, look, look to what extent she went to. She's so committed to her beauty. There's a reason no, we stopped doing this herself. in history. Stop doing that. It's not good for it's you. not good for you. Let not it breathe. Good. You're going to have the worst toot. Yeah, and it's not attractive to be the person <sighs> in the room that's tooting. Also... Speaking of attractive, when you take that stuff off, oof, you're still going to be you. Like, that's right. the weird thing. Like, I get if you're just doing it for, you know, like you got, you're doing a thing with a thing and just uh, don't hurt yourself. Just be you. Just be healthy. Be safe. Don't, don't harm yourself. And most importantly, don't hold Kim Kardashian up to be something that you'd want little girls to emulate. Again, if you hear the words of the Kim Kardashian corset challenge come out of any youth in your life, yeah. stop it right there. Yeah, because that, that's like the Kylie Jenner lip challenge. Seriously. It ain't going to end well. Also, can, I can't even talk about kids these days, which we did a couple segments ago. What's, why does everything got to be a challenge? Have you noticed that? Yeah. No, you. my kids are constantly yes. like, I want to do this such and such challenge. That's the problem challenge. is that we're gamifying everything. So kids, they can't. You know, they have to have a, it's got to be a game. That's ridiculous. And then they want to win. And also. And then they all win. Get off my lawn. There's no losers. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Remember when it used to be easy when there was just like a winner and everyone else was just a big fat loser. And they had to deal with it. And you just had to deal with it. It taught you how to get through life, man. Mm -hmm. How many times were you a loser, Colleen? I still am. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, somebody who decidedly was not a loser, Doris Day. We're going to honor the legend after this on My Talk 107.1. So we've lost a legend. Doris Day has died. Uh, We learned today on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 107.1 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Uh, but hers was a life worth celebrating, right, Bradley? Oh, gosh. When I saw this today, I got really sad because, and I, I literally thought to myself, I do not have time for this universe because the passing of Doris Day is a big thing. And I hope that I will have some time later today or sometime this week to reflect on her life and career as is uh 
quite commonly the habit when somebody of her stature passes away because she truly was one of the last living legends of the golden age of Hollywood. I mean, you know, and I'm sure Holly, you can feel free to chime in because I know your, your uh, film knowledge is deep and wide in this regard, but specifically where Doris Day is, you know, you and I, Colleen, grew up with Doris Day probably just being like someone our parents, Mm -hmm. not my parents, but maybe more your parents or grandparents were fans of Mm -hmm. because she's been around or had been around, had a career since the 1930s. Right. And that spanned all the way into, I mean, technically the 70s, but she sort of lived on within, you know, we kind of knew what a Doris Day was. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Was and she was sort of this caricature of all-American girl next door, right, right? Right. And we knew she sang and she was in some movies. But she was so much more than that. And I feel like that's why it's it's such a good thing when someone like this passes away to stop and kind of reflect and, you know, learn a little bit about the person um, more than just those those stereotypes. Right. Because, you know, to be fair to me, for me, Doris Day, I couldn't quite pull out. I think I loved Pajama Game when I was young. Uh, my mom said, hey, let's watch this movie. And I saw it and loved it. But didn't even really connect that with Doris Day in my mind. Mm-hmm. So my, again, my engagement with Doris Day is like that. Like acknowledging that she was a a part of Hollywood, you know, legend. Royalty. Yeah. Royalty. But I, I didn't even know that she was yeah, still with us. I'm sure you're not alone. A lot of people probably, somebody said they, you know, real. they learned today that Sandra D and Doris Day were different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was sort of quintessential, yet I'm sure there's a lot people don't know. The only reason I know anything about Doris Day is because I became oddly fascinated with her for no other reason than I tend to find reasons to become obsessed with random you know, people. But specifically with Doris Day, I know that it's one of those things where she was a an icon in the gay community, um, especially of a certain age or generation and for good reason. But I don't know that I knew that reason until I started to dig around and realize that, you know, she was friends with some of the like, you know, biggest Hollywood celebrities who also, oh, by the way, were closeted uh, individuals, people mm-hmm. who were gay rock huts and one of her, you know, regular co-stars. And she worked with everybody, Cary Grant and, And she just had, I think, so gays of a certain age, you know, they sort of loved her. They also loved that she was just such an over-the-top, saccharine, sweet, incredibly talented performer. I mean, from the beginning, and this is the stuff that when you start to dig a little deep on Doris Day, you realize very quickly that there was a reason everybody sort of held her in high regard. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, why do people like Barbara Streisand? Well... Let me tell you why Mm -hmm. she was incredibly talented. And for Doris Day, think about this. Think about because she as a singer had, I think, top 10 hits for like and Holly, feel free to jump in because you probably know more than I do. But she was like top in charts for over a decade. So 
think of somebody like, I don't want to say Madonna, but think of like a major pop star, right? For over a decade, for Mm -hmm. decades, Mm -hmm. right? Who's churning out hit after hit after hit. And then is also one of the biggest box office draws for decades. Right. No, that is huge. Movie after, it's like 600 movies or songs, I think she recorded in. Especially in a day where we weren't like altering voices. Like that was actually her voice that was singing those songs that were so popular. Yeah. So, I mean, um, there was one uh, particular stat that just talked about how she was ranked sixth in 2012, ranked sixth among box office performers alone. So like throughout time and space, she was like, a you know, she wasn't just a one trick pony. Right. 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 She was somebody who was literally knocking them out of the park in different artistic formats. And also, I think it's worthy to note that Doris Day was a tough broad. If you read her autobiography, she has that sunny, all-American disposition. But behind the scenes, she had a lot of drama in her personal life. She went bankrupt at one point as a result of her third husband squandering away oh, all wow. of his, her money. And she went back and made it all up. Yeah, so she, it's worthy to read uh, Doris Day in her own story. I, it looks like it might be out of print, but uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting stories about Doris Day that don't necessarily go with the image that she projected. I mean, she has all, she is a showbiz icon. And then what, I mean, did she just decide at some point to retire? And because she really did kind of keep to herself. Well, her, 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 the the one thing that I um, enjoyed learning about back when I became mildly obsessed was that after she did all those movies, she then went on to have like a very successful television career. She had the Doris Day show, I think was the name. Yeah. And she did that TV show because she had to pay the bills. His husband number three took all the money. And not only did she have to do it, but she did it, but then she did it well and it was around for what like five six seasons mm-hmm. um which i know you can still actually buy it on if you want to buy the dvds you can still get the doris day show um so she i think probably like a lot of women of her generation a lot of women who became very successful in hollywood what you know men screwed them mm-hmm. c debbie reynolds mm-hmm. etc and then was like at I'm thinking of, you know, Judy Garland, uh, Liza Minnelli. Like, then they go, okay, Ann Miller, I got screwed. I'm going to go out. I'm going to hoof it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to make all that, you know, I'm going to make, make a living for back. myself. Yeah. And then she decided to retire, essentially, and disappeared from like the 1980s forward. I mean, she would, you know, show up every once in a while, but really kind of went into seclusion and was like, I'm just going to, you know, remove myself, which... I mean, after after a career like that is is no small thing. And then uh, and then it was uh, about with pneumonia that ultimately. Yeah, by all accounts, this and I feel like we're going to learn more. Probably somebody's going to write a book, hopefully at some point, because we'll get maybe a a bigger window into what the last 10, 20 years was like for her on a daily basis. Because do you remember there was a period of time and I think we were on the air at this point that people were concerned about her. No, and she was like, like missing or not missing, but was like familiar. she was in hiding, not in hiding, but she was like a shut in or something. And she actually came to her balcony at some point or something. I just remember, you know, people were very concerned about her maybe five years ago. Yeah, or something it, does, like it that. sounds vaguely familiar. And she came out of hiding and was like, I'm fine. You guys leave me alone. Basically, yes. just leave me alone. But by all accounts, she was, you know, 
out there kicking and stretching until the end, until she developed pneumonia. And sadly, that's what she passed away from at the ripe old age of 97. Mm. Well, thank you, Bradley, for doing the the homework on Doris Day and, and helping sadness. me understand. It's sadness, but go enjoy some of her great movies and listen to, you know, There's plenty to enjoy, too. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, do you wash your legs in the shower? What? I'm serious. Do you wash your legs in the shower? 651-641-1071. It's a real question. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm James Seawood, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a 7-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.